Welcome back to another episode of What's Up Prof. Hello again, Walter. Good day, young friend. How are you doing? I'm doing well. And yes. you? No, I'm doing fine. Good. I see there were lots of comments about our set. Yes. Right? And I said it was a conspiracy. But actually, I think it was all your fault. Yes, unfortunately. <laughs> Maybe we must just clarify some things. <laughs> I think so. We were just uh, joking around a bit about the yes. set. And we were part of putting the set together yes. and choosing the chairs. And it's quite comfortable. Yeah, so it's quite comfortable. We've been raised a little bit so that yes. we have more, more arm, arm movement. movement. And perhaps we can also say, you know, we live in a country that is struggling at the moment and things are not readily available. You have to take what there is. This is the best we could do under the circumstances. And uh, I think it looks all right. Yeah. And it sits quite comfortably, especially now that we're a little bit raised. And the uh, important thing is the discussion. Yes. So. It's all about message. So let's jump right into it. We need to pray because we're going to talk about the road to perdition. It's closer than you think. Yes. I'll pray for us. You will pray for us. Our Heavenly Father, oh Lord, we want to thank you for bringing us together again. We want to thank you for all the blessings that you give us. And Lord, we need you more and more every day. We need you in this discussion. Please enlighten our minds with the Holy Spirit. Is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Perhaps I can just say thank you to the viewers for keeping us all on our toes, for all those questions. Yeah. And uh, you can understand that it's almost impossible for us to answer all the questions. So thank you for all the people that are trying to answer for us. That's very kind of you. And uh, we will have regular question and answer sessions to try and address those things that are problematic and that people have questions about. But today we're going to talk about events again as they are occurring in the world. Interesting events. Yes. So why have we titled it The Road to Perdition? It's closer than you think. Because, Martin, there's a tendency in the world to be so blatantly contrary to the Word of God. And the more blatant these things become, the closer we are yes. towards the end. Like in our previous episode, in episodes, we've seen creationism. Anything, it's blatantly being negated. Absolutely. People are looking at the world and they are experiencing what we call apocalypse anxiety. <laughs> and there are some strange things happening in the world. And uh, there are strange phenomena in the skies. And people are just maybe hypersensitive, maybe not. But it's interesting. The destruction of Jerusalem serves as a type for the final destruction. And there were strange phenomena in the skies and in the atmosphere in those days. And the world is experiencing similar things today. So let's have a look at this little video and see what people have to say. And tonight we're hearing that waking up to what looked like life on Mars is taking a toll on a lot of people's mental health. And plenty of folks told KPIX5's Joe Vasquez this eerie scene is giving them apocalypse anxiety, Joe. 
Yeah, Liz, right now we're at Cafe Trieste in North Beach. It's 11 o'clock at night. It's dark. It's supposed to be at night. But let me show you some video that I shot earlier today. This is 10 o'clock in the morning in this very same spot, nearly as dark with a tangerine sky. I mean, this is otherworldly, unlike anything I've ever seen. And for a lot of people, it was unsettling. Ominous, ominous and bleak. Today's creepy orange sky made a strong impression. It just kind of feels like the sky is falling and it's heavy. Some people told me they felt unsettled all day, distracted, anxious. It's apocalyptic. I honestly felt like we're under attack or something. <laughs> this is very unusual. This is unprecedented, I think, for anyone. Therapist Kat Howiter says she is not surprised people are feeling uneasy. I mean, I would say it's a pretty healthy reaction. We're wired to have a what, what is this reaction to something that is potentially dangerous and especially something that's very new, so we're not sure how to cope with it. While it can be explained by science, Howiter says it's natural if people have an outsized reaction to seeing orange where there should be blue, considering the low-grade trauma we've all been experiencing this year, especially because of COVID-19. Howiter says our isolation is taking away some of our usual coping mechanisms. Still, adapting to strange norms has gotten us this far. Yeah, it feels like one more thing. And also, everything passes. Time will continue on. This will pass at some point. Joe Vasquez, KPIX5. It'll stop and we'll carry on. But there is a point when it will really stop, when God will intervene and things will change. Yes. Now, we're not governed and run by experiences such as these. Our standard and our norm is the Word of God, right? Correct. But it's nevertheless interesting to see that people are concerned and notice that there is something strange happening in the world. Definitely. Here is another interview and this one comes from Fox News, and uh, it's another Bill Gates interview, right? Yes. Let's have a look at that one just to set some tones, and then we'll see what's happening in the world. I sat down earlier with Bill Gates, who's out with a new book, How to Avoid a Climate Disaster. And we began with the troubles in Texas these last few days. The governor says that Wind turbines especially failed and created this crisis. Your response? Well, it's not, not at all true. The failure to weatherize some of the nuclear sensors, the natural gas plants, and even some of the wind uh, are, are responsible for their power shortage, and the wind is a tiny part of it. It was mostly the thermal generators that went offline because they haven't been weatherized. Obviously, wind works in North Dakota, it works in Alaska. We know how to weatherize wind turbines. The wind does come and go, but what was shut down, the vast majority, is thermal plants here. Uh, so, you know, the, there is there is a reliability issue uh, that will have to design the system including more transmission. Uh, you know, Texas over time will want to connect up so that when it does uh, get shortages, it's able to draw on other parts of the country. And what happens if we don't make it, if we don't get to zero net emissions by 2050? What, 
How will our daily lives be different? Well, the migration that we saw uh, out of Syria for their civil war, which was uh, somewhat weather dependent, we're going to have 10 times as much migration because the equatorial areas will become unlivable. You won't be able to farm or uh, go outside uh, during the summer. The wildfires, the, you know, even the farming productivity in the south of the U.S., the droughts uh, will uh, reduce productivity very dramatically. And, you know, it's all a matter of degree. If we wait 10 more years, it's not as bad as if you wait 20 or you wait 30 because the temperature just keeps going up and it's going up more rapidly than it has in natural history. But the instability overall uh, will be five times as many deaths at the peak of the pandemic and going up every year. Martin, I have to be very careful how I phrase things. <laughs> but the world is very fortunate to have such an expert around. Now he's uh, an expert in electroengineering, climate expert. It's amazing. And uh, he has the figures down pat. It'll be 10 times worse, five times worse. Uh, farming will become impossible. Mm -hmm. And he has the time frames attached to it as well. I don't know what we would do without him. Now, for those who think that I'm serious, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, nevertheless, what is your take on that? There's something interesting also for me that you have to remember. There's an art articles that show that Bill Gates is now the biggest f um, farm owner, agricultural farm owner in the in America. And so he has invested vast amounts of money into agricultural land. Yes, that's interesting, isn't it? Interesting. In the previous episode, we saw that he wants is part of that project that wants to spray the atmosphere, and so he's very. Um, involved in all the in everything if if it has to do with a pandemic he's involved if it has to do with climate change he's involved now is he a one-man show or do you think there's a, a vast team that is supporting him I think there's a vast team there's a vast team and so he's getting his input and if we look at all his connections let's not go there people will say we're speaking conspiracies mm. but uh, it's just one of the shows in the world where you have this calamity prediction mm. that is putting it onto a worldly level with vast amounts of money going into specific projects. And we are looking at the same history and the same developments using this book yeah. as our guideline. And this book has not erred yet. Whereas some of these gentlemen, I think, certainly will have erred and will be shown to have erred yeah. in the future. Another thing that was just interesting to me is he's very careful of putting the blame on the wind turbines, this alternative energy. So sources. he is actually pushing the alternative energy. But as we will see in many areas in the world, the alternative energy is failing under certain weather conditions, yes. right? Which just goes to show that you cannot push the world totally into one direction because circumstances might be so that that would be as detrimental as the status quo. 
and will lead to more disasters. And sometimes I think that God is smiling from heaven. And when they think that they have something pat and they're going in one direction at a speed, there's just a slight twist. Instead of global warming, you have global cooling at mm -hmm. such a rate that nothing that they planned works anymore. I mean, uh, I remember them showing how France would be a desert like the Sahara. Mm -hmm. And how, well, he too referred to how th some areas will become such that there will be Arid. no food yeah. production. And uh, as people are going out of business, these mega companies are just buying up the land, buying up the resources, and eventually the little man will be out of business and big tech and big business will be the ones in control. We'll be back at the same model that prevailed in the Middle Ages, mm -hmm. where you had the landowners and you had the populace, the serfs, and you had church and state together. That's where we're heading. So let's have a look at how these people are discussing these things. Here's the Texas Tribune, and it says, no, frozen wind turbines aren't the main culprit for Texas's power outages. Frozen wind turbines in Texas caused some conservative state politicians to declare Tuesday that the state was relying too much on renewable energy. But in reality, the wind power was expected to make up only a fraction of what the state had planned for during the winter. While wind power skeptics claimed the week's freeze means wind power can't be relied upon, wind turbines, like the natural gas plants, can be winterized or modified to operate during very low temperatures. That's basically what Bill Gates was talking yes. about. So maybe he read the Texas Tribune. <laughs> <laughs> but here's CNN, which says, frozen wind turbines, limited gas supplies, and rolling blackouts behind Texas energy woes. Rolling power blackouts were ordered across Texas on Monday as a winter storm and a frigid temperatures gripped the state and knocked out service to more than 4 million customers. Frozen wind turbines and limited gas supplies have hampered the ability to generate enough power, according to the statement from ERCOT. So here again, they are blaming the infrastructure. Correct. Here's an interesting one from World News Era. Germany's green energy failure. Germany turns back to coal and natural gas as millions of its solar panels are blanketed in snow and ice. Well, this is to be expected, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So Germany is in the forefront when it comes to solar energy. And uh, when you travel there through the countryside, you just see miles of these solar banks. But they can't work if they're covered in snow. So there must be a way to constantly clear them, which is not always possible in the kind of weather that they're having at the moment. So what is the solution? There's always this idea that we can change the world and have one solution. Yeah. And then there's a spanner in the works and you realize there isn't one solution for all of these things. Basically, the problems will be here until the end. You cannot solve them. There are too many variables. Correct.
So Germany faces a sober reality as millions of its solar panels are blanketed in snow and ice and breathless. The freezing weather has rendered its 30,000 wind turbines to idleness. It is not just the wind turbines. Solar panels covered with snow are also rendered useless. So that's what basically we are saying. It's all coming back to there's a point why are we showing all of this because now this is the blaming game it's either the alternative energy everything but it's all coming back to climate change climate change is going to be the problem and we need to solve the climate change yes so whether it's either too cold or whether it's too hot we have to find a climate change solution and this is becoming the catastrophe yes there must be a culprit, right? Texas blackouts show how vulnerable power grid is to climate change. So here is the crux of the matter. Yes. So we're going to have these calamities. They're going to get worse. Millions of people will be affected. And in the end, there's one button that you can push mm -hmm. and that button says climate, climate change. change. So here is an interesting discussion with Schumer, and uh, this is an MSNBC uh, discussion, and let's hear what Schumer had to say. Oh, can I say one other thing on climate? Please. I think it might be a good idea for President Biden to call a climate emergency. Hmm, why? Because there he can, it relates to what you're saying then he can do many, many things under the emergency powers of the president that wouldn't have to go through, that he could do without legislation. Now, Trump used this emergency for a stupid wall, which wasn't an emergency. But if there ever was an emergency, climate is one. So I would suggest uh, that they explore looking at climate as an emergency, which would give them more flexibility. After all, it's a crisis. It's a crisis. So you're talking about passing major climate legislation through the reconciliation yes. process. It, uh, pressuring the president or asking the president to yeah, just asking let them power. let them look at it you know I have a lot of faith in that he'll make they'll make a good and right decision that sounds to me in terms of the way you are thinking about that I know you, you're thinking about a lot of different things at once but it sounds like climate is central in terms of it what you're central to so this is where we're heading right correct climate so we've had a COVID crisis that has shown the world how we need to cooperate on a universal scale the crisis is a continuing one. The Pope has linked it to climate change. Correct. Now we have wind turbines stopping. We have solar mm -hmm. panels no longer operating because of a, a global freeze and a global warming society. And now the culprit has to be addressed. So that is the big pandemic. Mm -hmm. So we've now heard from Schumer. Now, let's hear what uh, John Kerry has to say. And uh, he's come a long way in politics, right? Correct. He comes and climate change. Climate change, very important. And this issue has been brewing for a long time. And he's, of course, very well connected, being a member of Skull and Bones and mm -hmm. all of these societies. So let's hear what he has to say. How high a priority is the climate issue? That's the issue, right? Yes. The stakes on climate change just simply couldn't be any higher than they are right now. 
Uh, it is existential. We use that word too easily. We throw it away. But uh, we have a big agenda in front of us on a global basis. And President Biden is deeply committed, totally seized by this issue, as you can tell by this executive order. He also knows that Paris alone is not enough. Uh, not when almost 90 percent of all of the planet's emissions, global emissions, come from outside of U.S. borders. We could go to zero tomorrow and the problem isn't solved. So that's why today, one week into the job, President Biden will sign this additional executive set of orders to help move us down the road, ensuring that ambitious uh, climate action is global in scope and scale, as well as uh, national here at home. The president is announcing that he will host a leaders summit on climate change less than three months from now on April 22nd, Earth Day, which will include a leader-level reconvening of the major economies forum. To the convening of this, uh, of this uh, summit is essential to ensuring that, the, that 2021 is going to be the year that really makes up for the lost time of the last four years, and that the UN Climate Conference, COP26 as it's called, which the UK is hosting in November, uh, to make sure that it is an unqualified success. So how high is it on his agenda? Top. Top. And, and it's going to be universal, right? Universal. Not only in America. And the last four w years were wasted, according to him. Now we're going to move in that direction. You can so, almost say they, ch they want to change gears. And if this last freeze created such a calamity because they were apparently relying too much on alternative energy, if they push that further along and there is another calamity, then we will have very similar experiences just escalated to what we had during the COVID. COVID yeah. mm -hmm. Weren't there also statements that the lockdowns that we experienced under COVID would be nothing compared to the lockdowns we might experience under climate legislation? Yes. So this is a very interesting way in which the world is moving. Correct. And along with all of this, there will be legislation. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting that he got into trouble for using his private jet, right? I mean, that's a tremendous emission that he's putting out into the world. And uh, just tongue-in-cheek, let's see what he had to say about that. New data shows that Kerry's private jet has raked in frequent flyer miles in recent years, including a 2019 trip to Iceland. And here's the funny part. He went to Iceland to accept an award for climate leadership. When asked about the hypocrisy at the time, back in 2019, here's how Mr. Kerry responded. It's the only choice for somebody like me. The time it takes me to get somewhere. I can't sail across the ocean. I have to fly to meet with people and get things done. But what I'm doing, almost full time, is working to win the battle of climate change. I'm not going to be put on the defensive. So wasn't Bill Gates also confronted because he was using private jets for his activities? What was his answer? Yeah, well, his answer was he spends a lot of, uh, invests a lot of money in green housing. And so he's trying to 
equal it out about so it offsets his offsets. his his private jet oh, marvelous so if you have a lot of money and you can invest in greenhouses then you can use a private jet yeah well here is this article i was referring to in the spectator are you ready for the climate lockdowns it's only a matter of time this is where it's heading this is where it's heading right this is the next phase in human history the possibility of climate lockdowns is already being floated by some of our greatest thinkers. They see a confluence of global crisis as an opportunity. Under a climate lockdown, governments would limit private vehicle use, ban consumption of red meat, and impose extreme energy saving measures. Now, I find it interesting that Bill Gates invested quite a fortune into the alternative meat and uh, yes. energy. He also invested in the beyond meat industry, so they're way ahead of us, right? Mm -hmm. By the way, this is not an investment tip. This is an apocalyptic discussion. So let's stick to uh, the, the theme. So they were going to impose extreme energy-saving measures while fossil fuel companies would have to stop drilling. To avoid such a scenario, we must overhaul our economic structures and do capitalism differently. Karl Lauterbach, an MP of the German Social Democratic Party, wrote in Die Welt last December that we need measures to deal with climate change that are similar to the restrictions on personal freedom imposed to combat the pandemic. So the restrictions on personal freedom mm -hmm. are actually locked in to this program. And the vaccination is very important and many, many countries, including the Vatican, yes have now decided that if you do not go with this program, you will not be able to work any longer. So there is a channeling and a funneling of humanity in a particular direction. Yes. We've spoken about mm -hmm. that a lot. Here's another article. AOC and Bernie Sanders pushed Joe Biden to declare a climate emergency with a new bill. So Schumer asked for it. Yep. We saw the interview. Now Bernie Sanders and, uh, as Trump called them, the freshmen, <laughs> are asking for the same thing. So this is very interesting. We are mm -hmm. on this roller coaster and we're heading in a direction. And we are talking apocalyptic. Yes. So the legislation introduced by Senator Bernie Sanders and Jeff Merkley and Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Earl Blumenauer on Thursday would require President Joe Biden to declare a national emergency on climate change. That would give the administration more power to take on the existential threat, including deploying the necessary resources to do so. The massive scope and scale of action necessary to stabilize the climate will require unprecedented levels of public awareness, engagement, and deliberation to develop and implement effective, just, and equitable policies to address the climate crisis, the Act says. Now, we have predicted early 
in the COVID crisis that this would be the next step. Yes. This was just a stepping stone to this reality. And we've always linked it to the papal encyclical mm -hmm. Laudato Si, with all that that entails. Here's another article. International lawyers propose ecocide to criminalize environmental destruction. So now we need laws yes. in place that will streamline any action that is taken and any anything that is decided with regard to climate change must become universal law. We've seen this in the COVID crisis. There were lockdowns, mask regu regulations, social distance regulations, and so there will be regulations regarding this issue as well. You're not allowed to do this, you're not allowed to do that. There were certain shopping times that were implemented yes. under COVID. Do you think there will be certain times that will be allocated as well? Mm, definitely. Certain uh, industry-free days? Correct. Could that be Sunday legislation that is in the pipeline? Definitely. And anybody who doesn't comply to these laws becomes a danger to society. Yes. He's acting contrary to the common? Good. Good. Correct. So several international law experts are seeking to approve a new crime called ecocide, which will allow authorities to take action against environmental destruction. So if you partake in activities mm -hmm. on a day that has been declared as essential for controlling the climate, then you would be guilty of ecocide, right? Yes, you'll be okay. transgressing the law. So if approved, environmental crimes will become ICC's fifth jurisdictional responsibility. Teen climate activist Greta Thunberg has supported the implementation of the law and French President Emmanuel Macron have also hinted at incorporating ecocide into the domestic law of the country. Well, with such powerful individuals involved, there's no way that this is not going to happen, mm. right? Yes. Calling the environmental damages sins of ecology. Mm -hmm. That's very interesting. That's bringing it towards the Bible theologically. Yes, so there's a theological twist to it, right? So now we have a new definition of sin. The definition of sin is transgression of the law. law. There's only one definition in the Bible when it comes to sin. What is sin? And that's God's law. And that's God's law. The sins of ecology is transgression of the ecology law. This is Pope Francis who has said Correct. that his understanding of ecocide is the massive contamination of air, land and water resources, the large-scale destruction of flora and fauna and any action capable of producing an ecological disaster or destroying an ecosystem. That's ecocide. But the definition will be broad. Now, under the COVID circumstances, uh, there were many people that felt it their duty to report anyone that wasn't actually living in harmony with the new legislation, right? Mm -hmm. And we saw some terrible things happening. I mean, 
people just shooting people because they weren't wearing a mask or weren't wearing it correctly yeah. or vice versa. I mean, there were some horrible incidences. And uh, spying on people became part of the game. Here's an interesting discussion on Sky News Australia. And it says that the Tory party is unhappy over new spying laws. Everyone I've spoken to has been horrified by it when it has been explained to them. So what is this all about? Spying. Let's just have a look at this little video. It will allow 16 and 17 year olds to spy on their parents. It also authorizes them to commit crimes as well. So it needs to be extremely tightly controlled and those controls need to be greater than what the government is proposing. And as you were saying, this um, covert human intelligence bill allows for some pretty shocking things, including encouraging or recruiting 16 and 17 year olds, legally children, to spy on their parents and to commit crimes in the process of spying on their parents if they think if there's a strong suspicion that their parents are up to no good. What are they supposed to be spying on? Well, that's the, it's interesting you raise that question. So the, the, this bill would be to spy on people who are suspected of fairly serious crimes, um, drug dealing, maybe terrorism, things that obviously no one should be doing. But what's really interesting is the left in this country is actually quite critical of this bill. Oh. But the left, of course, supports uh, children spying on their parents as well. There have been numerous campaigns over the past few years where children have been encouraged to watch their parents' environmental behaviour and oh, to report God. them to schools if their parents aren't being eco-friendly. Or, you know, children are... Uh, there's a new bill going through in Scotland which would make it potentially a crime to commit hate speech in your own home, which openly encourages children to squeal their parents to the police if they are Islamophobic or transphobic or whatever else. So what we have now is both the right and the left in different ways support children spying on their own families. It's really My dodgy God. stuff. Martin, this has been part of history for a very, very long time. Mm -hmm. I once gave a lecture which was called The Herodian Mind. Mm -hmm. Perhaps you can put I a link put, in. It's part of your series, Clash of Minds. Clash of Minds, yes. yes. And in that in that lecture, I showed how King Herod had a huge spy network yes. and where he used this uh, method of putting citizens against each other. Your neighbor becomes the spy that watches what you are doing. Your own children become the spies. And of course, this has been implemented by many, many nations, communist nations, yes. Mao Zedong, uh, Adolf Hitler. All of these have incorporated these massive spy networks mm. that make use of this snitching. And it has caused untold pain in the course of history. And this is a method that is also employed by the societies that deal with espionage in the world. And you have all the major espionage uh, organizations in the various countries of the world, and they are tied to the Vatican. Mm. There, was a, there was a whistleblower some time ago by the name of Karen Hodes, and she was highly upset of how the finances were run 
and that the Jesuits were in control of the Bank of America yes. and how the, the secret services fell under the Vatican's mega secret service. The Vatican has the greatest mechanism of spying on people and individuals that the world has ever seen. And all of this is coming together and is in harmony with what this book mm -hmm. says about the end times. Doesn't the, the Bible say that the members of your own household will turn against each other? Yes, these will be the rules that will be enforced. You won't be safe in your environment. You will not be safe, even your closest neighbors and maybe members of your own family will be the ones that will hand you over if you do not comply with all of these laws. Now, I agree that you must comply with the laws of government, mm -hmm. except where they are in conflict with God's, God's law. law. But we'll deal with that as we go on. Mm -hmm. Here is the Birkian. It has an article, Roxanne, Ireland's new anti-hate speech surveillance technology. A biometrics-based platform ostensibly to monitor and crack down on organized crime. An additional application of Roxanne, which its creators advertise freely, is the ability to monitor those guilty of alleged hate speech and political extremism. Mm. Now, our last WhatsApp dealt with political extremism. So if you believe, as Miller believed, then you are an extremist. Correct. Right? While the field test was trialed solely on phone calls, Roxanne is advertised as also being able to uncover the creators of so-called hate or propaganda speech, no matter the platform. This is all occurring in the context of enhanced surveillance on right-wing groups across Europe, with German authorities likely to rule in favor of allowing security forces to formally put the nation's primary opposition party, the AFD, under surveillance for alleged extremism this month. They're dealing now with specific organizations, mm -hmm. but this can become universal and blanket any aspect you can even link the climate change into this. Everything can Anything. eventually be linked into this. And we also know what the Bible says will be the final group of people that this will be used upon. Correct. That's what we spoke about. So here's a little diagram which shows how the networks are going to be analyzed, bi-directional information flow, increased security, speech processing, natural language processing, video and geographical, metadata processing, everything you say, everything you do. Everything on your social media platform, whether you use a computer, phone. But we know this already, yeah. so we don't have to spend a lot of time on it. Maybe there used to be some skeptics, and I think they have something to ponder upon when they see these things. Yes, yes. There's a lot of skepticism about... Do they really do this? Do the mega tech companies really spy on you? Isn't it just to sell you a product? Uh, we're very naive when we believe that, right? Correct. I mean, there have been 
enough congressional uh, investigations regarding this issue? And the answers have always been uh, vague, yeah. to put it mildly. I mean, you've got this big, let's name it controversial, the Bank of America that gave all that information now with the people that were around Washington, D.C. on the 6th of January. Correct. And if they can silence an ex-president or even an acting president, how much more the little man, right? So lockdown, says the Times, is turning us into a nation of spies. It's been a revelation to discover how ready Britons are to spy on, report and judge those around them in this pandemic. Almost 200,000 reports of lockdown breaches had been made to the police by the end of April, exhausting many forces' capacity to respond. Several forces pleaded with the public to deal directly with transgressions themselves if they could do so safely, involving police only for the most serious ones. It's all the more curious because for the past couple of decades there's been a public reluctance to be seen to judge others. There's a turnaround, right? Yes. Why? Because there's a cause. Correct. And if you have convinced people that the cause is real, yes. then people will be willing to act on it. And so if you have convinced people that the common good is the cause that everything has to go by, there's also a quote in the spirit of prophecy that at the, in the end there will be a decree going out that people will be able to take the law into their own hands. Absolutely, and this is exactly where we are going. They're even encouraging it encouraging. here. Here's the, the official webpage of the UK police and they are just blatantly asking, tell us about a possible breach of coronavirus COVID-19 measures. Tell us about it. We want to know who is the culprit. So we will have similar things in regard to climate. Definitely. Do you think that if there is a lockdown day mm -hmm. that there will be spies all around to all see around. whether you comply or not? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now what I find particularly fascinating is how the legislation is moving forward. And what is particularly alarming is how religion is being incorporated in that legislation. Here is an, an article in Evangelical Focus and it says France includes religious views in police files of potential extremists. So philosophical and religious convictions will be described in records of thousands of people who are seen as a threat to the state. Evangelicals worried about the fragility of fundamental rights. So religion is being incorporated in this legislation. Mm -hmm. In the last WhatsApps, we looked at uh, the QAnon issue and how Adventists in particular are going to be targeted as extremists in this regard. Let's see how this pans out. As of November 2020, these three types of governmental files had registered information of over 300,000 people according to the official data. Nevertheless, 
The gathering of extra information will only be allowed in the cases of individuals seen as likely to harm the fundamental interests of the nation. We're talking about common good? Correct. So if climate change is a law, it will fall under this. It will affect the fundamental interests of the nation. The integrity of the nation or the institutions of the republic or those who constitute a terrorist threat. Now, how wide is that definition? Correct. Very broad. This also includes now religion. Correct. Now, Martin, what was the title of our discussion? Road to Perdition. Road to Perdition. It's closer than you think. It's closer than you think. This one from February 2021 is really very interesting. French Minister of the Interior says evangelicals are a very important problem. So now we're not talking about Islamic fundamentalism. We're talking about evangelicals. Evangelical churches increasingly worried about unfair attacks of the government. This, after all, is the evangelical focus that is reporting here. Let's read this because I think this is one of the key issues Mm -hmm. of our time. Evangelical Christians in France are expressing unease as they see how the national government inflames the rhetoric against their churches. The last episode has to do with the words of the French Minister of the Interior, Gerald Dermanin. In an interview with TV broadcaster CNews, he said, quote, Evangelicals are a very important problem. Only to add, quote, Obviously not of the same nature than the Islamism, that makes terrorist attacks and deaths. So there's a difference, but they're a problem. Why? One day before speaking about the controversial anti-separatism law that is expected to be passed soon, he told radio broadcaster France Inter, quote, We cannot discuss with people who refuse to write on paper that the law of the Republic is superior to the law of God. That (laughs) is a thunderous statement. This man, this minister of the interior, wants people to write that the law of the republic stands higher than the law of God. Who is he attacking? God. He's attacking God. I wonder whether he has any concept of history. If he reads the Bible, if you look at what happened when the Assyrians attacked Judea, what did that representative of the Assyrian king have to say? Didn't he attack God's authority? Yes. Absolutely directly. Here this man is attacking God's authority directly. And he is attacking God's law. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's a... That's a major. It's a, it's a major. Does he remember what happened to France when they got rid of religion and enthroned the goddess of reason, which of course 
is a Jesuit theology. Reason informed by faith is what they talk about. Here you have exactly the same thing. You take God out of the picture and create your own legislation. You could just lose the heads of the cream of your country. Correct. Literally. Literally. Yes. So this man is attacking God's law and saying that the law of the world and of the country stands higher than God's law. In fact, you cannot reason with people that claim that God's law has the highest authority. They are extremists. They are yes. a danger. So they can use the spying network that we were talking about previously or earlier to pinpoint people that says God's law is higher than the law of the republic. Correct. Now, let's think about this logically. We're talking about major climate problems in the world. Yes. We're talking about climate legislation. We're talking about laws that could come into conflict with God's law. Because mm. you cannot reason with people that claim that God's law is higher than any other law. So, uh, which law could be affected? Is it thou shalt not kill? No. No. Is it thou shalt not steal? No. Is it any one of those laws? No. Most of the laws are based on logical premises. A absolutely. So, so which law could come into conflict with God's law? A day of worship. A day of worship. It's the only one. It's the only one that will come into conflict. Here's another one. Australian Christians say they'll defy ban on prayer for overcoming unwanted sexual attractions. Now, this is on a totally different level. Mm -hmm. It deals with the different issues. It deals with gender identification. But we're not discussing that. We're just discussing the implications, right? Yes. What is this law all about? The change or suppression, conversion, practices, prohibition bill has now passed through both houses of the Victorian Parliament. It forbids any attempt to change or suppress or induce any person to change or suppress his or her sexual orientation or gender identity. Prayer or counseling designed to change a person even at that person's request is prohibited. In short, this means that sexual preference is protected by law as is any person's gender preference. Homosexual sex is not permitted to be called sin. And a male today can claim to be a female tomorrow, Barnes said. Significantly, the Victorian legislation makes it illegal for a parent to pray for their own child even if they had requested them to do so. As such, Dr. Barnes believes that it is right for Christians to defy the governing authorities such as when King Darius exceeded his God-given authority. Daniel did as he had done previously. Powell wrote. So the point is not whether the gender issue is correct or incorrect in their view. The point is they are legislating mm -hmm. 
whether you may pray or not. Correct. And what you are allowed to pray about. That is scary, to say the least. This is arrogance of the highest yeah. order. This is defying the God of the Bible directly. So the French government has decided to defy God directly. And now, here in Victoria, they've decided exactly the same thing. God is the one who defines what sin is. Yes. Not they. But they have taken the prerogative upon themselves to define what sin is and to legislate against those who believe that God has the final say. Who are they attacking? God, directly. Question. What happened when the Assyrians did exactly that? 185,000. Wiped out. Were wiped out. They had reached the point of no return. Martin, I believe the world is speeding mm -hmm. towards the point of no return. It has now turned into open defiance against God's authority. Correct. And also what's being defied is God gave you freedom of choice. Correct. There's no freedom of choice in this. No freedom of choice. And how are they going to know whether you prayed or whether you did not pray? Mustn't there be someone in your household mm -hmm. who can act as a snitch and say that this person prayed? Correct. It is to me absolutely mind-boggling that we should have come to a place in history where governments will openly defy the authority of God. War on the Rocks, espionage and the Catholic Church from the Cold War to the present. While the Cold War is over, the prominent role of the Catholic Church in international affairs has only expanded. The extensive footprint of papal diplomats around the world has solidified their place as valuable members of the international affairs community. The Pope does not have a large military or a vast economic resources. Regardless, the Holy See will remain a prime target for espionage due to its influence and possession of one of the most valuable commodities of the present time accurate and timely information. This is the greatest espionage organization in the entire world. As Karen Hudas said in the past, the Vatican espionage organization is the hub to which all the others are attached. Correct. And their finger is throughout all of humanity. We have reached a point in history where the predictions in the good mm -hmm. book are coming to fruition before our eyes. Now, in the past, we spoke about the messianic movements mm -hmm. and that the world is waiting for this Messiah, this Savior. I mean, the news is so full of people who are absolutely desperate. 
Yes. We spoke about it last time, the suicide. Since then, there have been interviews with politicians that are concerned about the terrible state of humanity and of the rise of suicide and the desperateness. So the world is looking for a savior. And now it's interesting to me that the Jewish nation has now come to this point where it says the time for this savior is now. Now, 2,000 years ago, there was a Messiah. And that Messiah paid the price on a cross. And that Messiah was rejected. But now they're waiting for a Messiah. So let's just look at this little video showing what the status quo is right now. Mm-hmm. Breaking news. A historical world event is happening just before Purim on Sunday, February 21st. At the exact same moment, all around the globe, an emotional, heartfelt call will arise from all Jews to heaven for Mashiach to reveal himself. Observant, non-observant, Ashkenazi, Sephardic, Hasidim, all Jews as one. Even you famous Jews, let's be the actors, witnesses of this better world that we so much hope for. Are you aware that we have to do the worldwide prayer to the man Mashiach? Of course I am. I have it on my phone. Let's say it together. Master of the Universe. Bonjour, ici Paris. Montre réglée, nous sommes tous préparés pour cette prière. A vous, Rome. Grazie, Parigi. Qui in Italia, lo stesso. Siamo tutti molto fiduciosi nella risposta divina. Millions of people who are praying for this prayer, so it's definitely something that he will do in the sky. He will be able to get the Holy Spirit and get the Messiah. This prayer will be Un jour, on écoute la voix d'Hachem, les machins qui viennent. Ne gâchez pas cette opportunité. Le monde est en chaos. La seule chose qui peut vraiment sauver notre planète est Mashiach. La seule chose que Mashiach est attendu pour sont nos prières. Tous les Jews, comme un, contribuent à la sanctification de Hachem's nom. L'idée de tous ensemble prier au même moment va donner à notre prière collective pour la Géoula une force exceptionnelle. You know, Martin, this is kind of sad. I was thinking about the same thing. This is very sad indeed because the world, I believe, has missed the point. Again, they are waiting for a savior that will set up a temporal millennium of peace and harmony and restore all things. Mm. And they waited for that the first time round. They're waiting for it the second time round. And the Bible has a totally different story. Yes. And the real Messiah will come and he will restore all things. But prior to that, 
there will be a false messiah. Yes. And according to this thinking, he is already in the world, he just needs to reveal himself. And then the world will enter this age of peace. Now isn't it interesting that they're praying this year, mm. they want this to happen. Uh, John Kerry said that this year, 2021, is the great opportunity. Schumer said 2021, now is the time when we need emergency legislation. Uh, Biden has said there will be summits on Earth Day yes. in April in this year. Then there will be the coming together of the nations. United Nations. United Nations, 2021. 2021, also the commemoration of the 1,700 years of Sunday legislation. The great ecumenical push taking place after that to bring this to the ecumenical movement, this idea that Sunday should be introduced again and should be sustained as it was in the days of Constantine. All of this happening in 2021, and they're wanting the Messiah to come. Maybe all these things that we are showing can encourage our viewers to reach out to these people because we know that there is who is the true Savior that's coming. Yes, and why is coming? Yes, because not to bring temporal peace, but to put an end to sin. And this message has to go out. Correct. Now, we spoke about some of these things in the past. Now, this might look as if we're going off topic, but actually we're not. Here is a very interesting article or document that was placed by the World Bank. And it said there for official use only. And uh, this is just to show what the document looks like. It was put out in Ap on April the 2nd, 2020. And we'll just hone in on one section and see what this pertains to. Here is the link. And it dealt with the COVID crisis, right? The program development objective is to prevent, detect and respond to the threat posed by COVID-19 and strengthen national systems for public health preparedness. And it's interesting that they approved the project on the 2nd of April 2020. This is the World Bank. Mm. This is a major institution. Now, when did they expect this COVID crisis or this project to come to an end? Expected project closing date, the 31st of March 2025. That's interesting. They already, on the 2nd of April 2020, opined that this would reach unto the 31st of March 2025. That's pretty specific, isn't it? Yes. Pretty specific. Expect a program closing date, 31st of March 2025. Now my question is, did they just grab this out of a hat? I doubt it very seriously. I don't know. I can only speculate. No. Yeah. But be that as it may, isn't it interesting that in a previous one we also discussed Alice A. Bailey and the externalization of the hierarchy 
in plain language when the demons would manifest themselves as the saviors of humanity. That that was to take place somewhere in 2025. Now, I'm not saying that it will. No. I don't know. I'm just quoting what Alice A. Bailey says. Here the World Bank says that the closing date is in 2025 and they're all waiting for the Messiah. Whether that will be earlier or later, I don't know. The fact of the matter is we are speeding towards the events predicted in the Bible. Amen. Here's another article from the Evangelical Focus, Pope Francis, the chaplain of the United Nations. So he has basically been elevated to this position of high authority. The Bible speaks about this. Now we get a lot of people that say, why do you always speak about the papacy? Yes. And I'm wondering, do these people read their Bibles? Mm -hmm. Have they read the book of Revelation? Do they know who is defined there in the Bible as the great opponent to God, and that the world should be warned against this power, and they believe that you should not say a word about it. It, it astounds me. Perhaps people that are so concerned about this should just carry on with their daily lives and not look at these programs, right? Maybe that will be easier for them. Maybe that will be easier. Let them be warned that need to be warned. Exactly. And those that want to be complacent, let them continue to be complacent. Now, Martin, why is the Pope so important that he becomes the chaplain, in the minds of the people at least, of the United Nations? Broader than just the organization. We're talking about the world's nations. Why are all eyes directed towards him? It's because he covers all the bases, yes. right? So it's not only religious. Yes. He speaks about climate change. He speaks about economy, cap inclusive capitalism. He covers all bases. And he talks about fraternity, the brotherhood of humanity, and the common good. Yeah. So if you look at this, it says his 2020 universal initiatives indeed look like those of the United Nations in language, scope, and content. We're all brothers. Everybody is exactly the same. Yeah. Doesn't matter what religion you belong to, all roads lead to heaven. That's contrary to what Jesus said. Yes. There's only one way to heaven. Then the global compact on education. This is the UN globalist language, but the Roman Catholic language significantly overlaps with it. As you say, the... The education, the new education, yes. re-education. And then the economy of Francesco. The goal is to strive towards a pact to change the current economy and to give new soul to the global economy. And that's where the World Economic Forum comes in. Yes. You will own nothing. We've said it many, many times. And as we said last time, that is prefigured in the story of Joseph, where Pharaoh mm. eventually possesses everything, everything and the citizen nothing. But what I left out last time, it's interesting that that did not affect the clergy. Yes. 
It didn't affect the, the religious world. And when you read the Roman Catholic economic plan, you will see that Roman Catholic property is not affected by any government confiscation of land. Not at all. So exactly what happened in the time of Joseph, Joseph will be repeated in this world. Now, let's just have a look at this little video here where Pope Francis is speaking and all the religions of the world are at his feet. Rezar a Dios siguiendo a Jesús, nos unimos como hermanos con los que rezan siguiendo otras culturas, otras tradiciones y otras creencias. Somos hermanos que oramos. La fraternidad nos lleva a abrirnos al Padre de todos y a ver en el otro un hermano, una hermana, para compartir la vida, para sostenerse mutuamente, para amar, para conocer. La Iglesia valora la acción de Dios y en las demás religiones, sin olvidar que para nosotros cristianos la fuente de la dignidad humana y de la fraternidad está en el Evangelio de Jesucristo. Los creyentes debemos volver a nuestras fuentes y concentrarnos en lo que es esencial, lo que es esencial de nuestra fe, la adoración a Dios y el amor al prójimo. Recemos para que el Señor nos dé la gracia de vivir en plena fraternidad con los hermanos y hermanas de otra religión y no andar peleando y rezando unos por otros abriéndonos a todos. Now Martin, this sounds very good, sounds very nice. But the gospel of salvation in Christ alone has been eviscerated, removed completely. This gospel must be preached to all nations and all the world. The whole world. And then the end will come. Here is a movement that totally negates the gospel. This exclusive salvation in one universal Savior has been removed. All roads lead to heaven, according to this discussion. Is this contrary to the will of Christ? Yes. And that's what, when I were looking at the video, thinking. If you look at this, the f you think it sounds so good. It actually sounds biblical almost. Because you have to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Correct. How do you love your neighbor? Don't you love your neighbor if you warn him of the precipice to come? Yes. Because this love your neighbor excludes Jesus, actually. Correct. And another thing that I also would like to add, this is what's sad for me, with people saying you should stop focusing the whole time on what the Pope says. Because the Bible warns us that that will be the entity that brings all the all things together against what will happen against Christ actually this is a war on Christ 
So let us look at this. Revelation chapter 13 verse 3. And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wandered after the beast. Now, we know who the beast is. There is not a shadow of doubt as to who the beast is. It is the Roman Catholic system. All the reformers said it. The Bible is absolutely clear on this issue. There is not a shadow of doubt. And it says that the whole world wandered after the beast. Now if you take this little word, wandered, and you look it up in the Strong's Concordance, and uh, there is the word as it appears in the Greek, and what does it mean? To wander, by implication to admire. Admire, have an admiration, marvel, wonder. So it's not walking after the beast. No. It is a universal admiration mm -hmm. of the papal system. Do we see that? Yes. Is it prevalent at the level of the United Nations? Correct, yes. Do the religious people in the world radiate towards yes. it? Did the President of the United States say that he wants to implement mm. the thinking of this power? 100%. Correct. And then the instrumentalities such as John Kerry, the political system, are they linked to the papacy in their secret societies mm. and even in their public affiliations? Yes. And their agenda of climate change is also linked with the Pope. He wrote a whole encyclical on the climate. And on fraternity. So let's read this again. And I saw one of the heads, as it were, wounded to death. He lost his power, right? Mm -hmm. And his political clout had been removed and the deadly wound was healed. He again received this political acclamation. Yeah. And all the world wondered, by implication, admired, this power. In Revelation 17 verse 6 we get a little bit more information. And I saw the woman, that's the church, this is Rome, the church of Rome, drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her I wondered with great admiration now this is the prophet of God. He's looking at the system that is receiving such recognition in yeah. the world that the whole world admires the system. And he wondered, wondered with great admiration, but not in a positive sense. Mm. He was stunned, stunned yes. that this power that was drunk with the blood of the saints, that this power that had slaughtered the martyrs of Jesus should receive such admiration. So you have a different admiration here. Definitely. This is the same type of admiration that I think we sit with now. That's the kind of admiration that we have. We're wondering how is this possible, possible. in the light of history. And, if we, uh, and, and just to say this, but if we don't show this to the people out there, they complain now that we do this all the time, the whole time, 
We have to. It's our job. We have to. This is the job because this is the beast that everybody will be wandering after. And if you Correct. don't know this beast, you're going to be included you're in be those. Trapped. Let's just go back to history. W.E.H. Lecky says the following of this system, referring to this verse. That the Church of Rome has shed more innocent blood than any other institution that has ever existed amongst mankind will be questioned by no Protestant who has a competent knowledge of history. The memorials, indeed, of many of her persecutions are now so scanty that it is impossible to form a complete conception of the multitude of her victims. And it is quite certain that no power of imagination can adequately realize their sufferings. She now covers her deeds with soft, sweet words, packages them in a way that receives the admiration of the world, but she's no less this power than she was when she snuffed out the lives of God's people. She is what the Bible says she is. She is the Antichrist system. Now, when we go to Scripture, this word wandered mm. is very interesting. If you go to Luke chapter 4, verse 21, referring to Jesus, and he began to say unto them, This day is the Scripture fulfilled in your ears. He was reading out of the book of Isaiah, Isaiah. right? And Luke 4 verse 22 says, And all bear him witness, and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, Is this not Joseph's son? So here is another power where people wondered. They admired what he was saying. Mm. And they were saying, How can such gracious words come out of his mouth? Isn't he just Joseph's son? son? How's this possible? So we have these two wonders. The world wondered after the beast, admired it, listened to the words which flowed out of the mouth, and then you have the real Messiah, not his so-called representative. And people wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And Luke 8 verse 25 says, And he said unto them, Where is your faith? And they being afraid, wondered, saying one unto another, What manner of man is this? For he commandeth us even the winds and the water, and they obey him. We're talking about the real Messiah. Yes. We're talking about God manifest in the flesh. One command and the waves were still. Never had there been a man with such authority, with such grace. Luke 11 verse 14 says, And he was casting out the devil, and it was dumb, and it came to pass when the devil was gone out, the dumb spake, and the people wondered. I wish humanity would spend more time time contemplating wondering about Jesus Christ than about an imposter yeah. in Rome. Basically Martin what I'm trying to say is here is a type of wondering 
where you are contemplating the acts and the, the works of Christ and you are absolutely flabbergasted. Mm. In the one instance, they are wondering, but they are also confused. Mm. In the second one over here, where he silences the waves and the storm, they are overawed yeah. and they are contemplating how is this possible? What kind of power is there in this man? And when he casts out devils and the demons obey him, then people are also stunned at what is happening. So what I'm saying here is the one that we should contemplate, mm. the one that we should believe, the one that we should follow, should surely be the one who has demonstrated beyond a shadow of doubt what he is, who he is, and what he is capable of. Now, here's another one that's interesting, Luke 9.43. And they were all amazed at the mighty power of God. But while they wondered, everyone at all things which Jesus did, he said unto his disciples, Let these sayings sink down into your ears, for the Son of Man shall be delivered into the hands of men. Just imagine the scene. He's performing the most amazing miracles and they are wondering that same word as to what is happening around them. And then he says, let this sink in. Let this sink down into your ears. For the Son of Man shall be delivered into the hands of men. When you look at him and you follow him and you believe he's the Messiah, you're thinking about the great future. And he turns it around and says the opposite. And they are stunned. John 15 verse 20, Remember the word that I said unto you, The servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. And in John 16, verse 33, he says, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world ye shall, it's a promise, yes. have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Basically what Jesus is saying, contemplate who I am. Contemplate my capabilities which prove who I am. Mm. Put your trust in the one who has demonstrated that he has the authority, that he has the power. And when you do that, you will be the enemy of the world. Wonder after that one. Wonder after that one. Don't wonder after the beast. And when you wonder after him, when you wonder after Jesus Christ, you will be persecuted. Mm. You will have a surveillance system geared at spying on your every move. There will be legislation passed against you. There will be legislation passed against his law because he's the one who spoke the law. Yes. 
He's the one who said, I've not come to change the law. Not one jot or one tittle will by any means disappear from the law until all things have been accompanied. No matter what a French minister or an Australian minister has to say on the issue, God's word remains paramount. That's our choice. We either wander after the beast and admire it, or we expose it for what it is, and we wander after our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is our choice. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, the world is at the crossroads. Finally, they are speaking in open defiance against your authority. And Lord, we know that if we look at the Bible and the history of the children of Israel, that was the signal for the intervention of God. We are in the final moments of this earth's history. And I pray that your people will wake up to this reality. In Jesus' name, Amen. amen. Thank you for watching this video. To subscribe to our channel, click here. To get notifications, click on the bell. To watch the next video, click here. Thank you and we'll see you again.